Welcome to Gain Meets, the new podcast from Gain, a UK charity on a mission to empower and educate the next generation of investment professionals. Join us as we explore the exciting world of investment management and introduce you to key investment concepts, no previous knowledge needed. So whether you're a student looking to pursue a career in finance or a young professional looking to expand your knowledge, Gain Meets is a fantastic way to learn about investment concepts and sharpen your industry knowledge. Perfect for exploring your options or to give you an added edge when it comes to interviews. So tune in and get ready to gain a new perspective on investment management careers. Hi, welcome to the Gain podcast. I am Anne-Marie Fleurby. I'm one of the co-founders of Gain and um, currently sit as the co-chair with um, Natasha Ruginski-Munier. And I'm absolutely delighted to be joined today by Florta Browers of GIC. Welcome, Florta. Hi, thanks, Anna Marie, and very happy to be here today. It's great to have you. Um, thanks so much for joining us. Um, listen, Florta, I, I do want to talk um, about sovereign wealth funds, which is the big topic of today's podcast, and what it's like to work in a sovereign wealth fund and what they are. But before we get to that, I'd love to have you give us a really quick whistle-stop tour of your career to date and how you landed in your current role at GIC and what you do there. Great. Yes, happy to do. Um, so I'm from the Netherlands, which you might have picked up on, on on the weird name. And that's also the country where I went to university. So I did a bachelor degree in business administration and uh, a master's degree in finance. Uh, very uh, targeted for the sort of job I, I went to do afterwards. But I'm very aware there are many different degrees out there that can lead to a successful career in finance and investing. So it doesn't have to be exactly that. Uh, following that degree, I started my first job in a Dutch bank in a graduate traineeship, which allowed for uh, a rotational program to see multiple desks within the investment bank. And my first permanent role was then in a leveraged finance team. Um, in after a couple of years in the job, the bank I was working for was actually subject to a takeover by an English bank. Um, it was all very nerve wracking, but it did lead to a great opportunity for me in the sense that um, there was an, a possibility for me to move to London and to work in the English uh, bank's head office. So that's when I made my move across the pond and came to work in London. Um, subsequently, within that bank, I moved roles and I had a role in corporate advisory for the energy sector. And later on, my, my final stop was the, uh, a role in the infrastructure finance and advisory team. And at that point, and that's about five years ago now, I received a phone call from a headhunter for the role I'm doing today. So currently I'm uh, an SVP in GIC and I invest uh, in non-investment grade infrastructure debt and infrastructure that is is focused on uh, companies that sit in the infrastructure sector. Think about airports, ports, toll roads, renewable energy, very topical, telecom and fiber networks, for example. So the whole wide range that makes um, the country run well. Amazing. That's um, it's so interesting to hear you say to talk about your career and how it's maybe not gone the direction that you wanted it to go, but it's ended up in this amazing place. So um, congratulations on that. That's wonderful to hear. And um, I had the great privilege of working for GIC for 12 years. 
Um, so I know a little bit about GIC and what a sovereign wealth fund is, but it'd be great. Maybe you can spend a minute and explain to listeners a little bit who don't know about what a sovereign wealth fund is and what GIC does. You know, give us a bit of context about about that landscape and what that looks like. Absolutely, yeah. Um, so I would think that the name Sovereign Wealth Fund actually covers the meaning already quite well. So it's a state-owned investment fund that can invest in a wide range of assets based on the investment mandate it gets from the from the client, which is a sovereign. It's a it's a country. Uh, these funds are some of the biggest funds in the world, and in the case of GIC, that is the Sovereign Wealth Fund of the country of Singapore. Um, GIC specifically chose to set up a, a sovereign wealth fund to uh, invest for the long term to preserve and enhance the international purchasing power of the funds that they manage. So these are the reserves, part of the reserves of, of, of Singapore. And that it's, it's great context. And I think, as you referenced, these are some of the biggest pools of capital around the globe. And I think um, they're the biggest pools, some of the biggest pools of capital is that that most people have never heard of. So, um, I, you know, it's really a fascinating, it's a really fascinating place to sit. And you've referenced that they can invest in all kinds of investments. Can you give a, a little bit of, of an idea what that means? So is it, is it, you know, I know you obviously are working in infrastructure, um, non-investment grade infrastructure debt, but is there, you know, give us a sense of what other things that GIC might be investing in. Yes. Yeah, I'm quite aware that my investment uh, segment is quite niche, actually. So bigger picture first. So I can't speak for every sovereign wealth fund because I can't talk to every mandate they have. But specifically for GIC, they invest in both uh, public and private markets. So for public markets, think about global equities and fixed income to simplify it a bit. On the private market side, these are transactions that are not like... uh, you know, stocks that are on a stock exchange, those are an investor buying a, a business outside of uh, public ownership. Those businesses simplified are real estate, private equity, and infrastructure. So very diverse uh, number of investments across the across the fund. And And how might that differ from other investment managers that our audience might have heard of? Um, so a traditional... Uh, fund is typically referred to as a GP. Those are the investment funds that people know the most about. And those are also like the most famous names around. And GP stands for a general partner. It means they're managing funds on behalf of limited partners, LPs. And those are the, the people they fundraise fund. These could be insurance companies. Those could be uh, pension funds. Anyone who wants their money being managed by someone else, these GPs typically specialize in one area specifically. So you could be an investment fund that is specialized in private equity or in infrastructure investing. Some of the biggest houses out there, they will have sub-strategies for all of these things so they can cover everything. But each and every one of these strategies will be their own separate investment, little investment fund. They might just go under the, under the one flag of the, the big brand name. Um, how is that different? That is that um, GIC as a fund has only one client, which is the sovereign of Singapore. And a traditional GP will have a multitude of clients ranging from very sizable to very small. 
And depending on how the fund is set up, that could also lead to a multiple of different requirements in terms of how they should be investing and what they should be investing in. So it has a very different dynamic um, in terms of how you operate as a fund. GPs need to be out there a lot more to market themselves. That's why also they are much more well-known than the average sovereign wealth fund because they need that marketing to um, get to do the to do their fundraising to be known as being a very good investor. Yeah, I think this difference of having just one client is a really distinct um, characteristic of sovereign wealth funds. And of course, the other thing is that in, in, when I was working at GIC, I was working in public equities. It's also a unique structure because GIC will invest, and a lot of sovereign wealth funds will invest not just in private markets like you do, but or in public markets, but invest in both. And a lot of investment managers that um, people in our audience might have heard of would typically invest in one asset class. So either infrastructure or private equity or venture or public equities or public credit. And GIC invests across the whole range. I think that's a, a really um, something very unique about the, the construct. Um, does that translate into anything different in terms of how you prosecute your investment strategy? Um, well, one thing that is immediately noticeable and definitely uh, would impact the work at, at my level is that in a traditional GP, you would spend a lot of time speaking to your LPs about what you're doing, what you're investing in, explaining the investments you've made and how they are um, how they are doing, actually, how they're performing. But in GIC, because we have the one client, it's much easier to do have that straight line of communication. And equally, uh, from the other side, in terms of the strategy, what the mandate is, etc., it's very uh, simple and it's very um, uh, straight, straightforward in in terms of the communication lines. So, I think it does make a difference in your day to day job. Um, if you would like that type of marketing and interaction with third parties, that is what you will find a lot at senior level, I should say, in traditional GPs. Yep. Does it, and it also, it potentially could also impact your investment horizon, perhaps. What do you think? No, absolutely. That's a very important distinction as well, is that GC does invest for the very long term. So typically for any investment we're making, we're taking a 20-year investment horizon. Whereas traditional GPs on average have 10-year funds, but most investments are actually um, repaid, recycled after five, seven, eight years. So they don't typically get too close to that absolute um, fund maturity because at that point in time, they're meant to pay the money back to the LPs, including the return that they've made. Whereas GIC is much more of a long-term compounding uh, fund. Yeah, I think that's such an interesting distinction too, is that kind of the ability to think incredibly long-term is such a privilege. Um, And then what has changed the most in terms of your area of specialty over the past decade or so? Yeah, I think actually quite a lot, to be honest. Um, One of the reasons there were great opportunities for me uh, at the time when I moved to GIC, and, and I've been very happy with that, uh, change from, as they call it, uh, sell side working in a bank to buy side working at an investment house. Um, but I was very much driven 
by a lot of tailwinds that the infrastructure sector were experiencing, mostly driven by uh, governments worldwide realizing that investing in infrastructure is a great way to fuel the economy, to stabilize the economy and to grow the GDP. So having um, better hospitals, better roads, uh, as wide as you can think of, has been a very, has caused a uh, big drive in investments within the sector. And because investing in infrastructure is very expensive, governments have realized more and more, and looking at models that other companies have adopted, like, for example, the UK, is that searching, uh, allowing private investments in the sector can be very, very helpful. So you can still regulate the businesses as a government, but you don't actually have to provide all the f- all the financing, all the funding of these businesses uh, directly yourself. So this has this has led to a, whole, a big increase in the volume of infrastructure investments made worldwide and transactions. Uh, that is basically a, a very big global trend. Two additional trends to be added to that list is that um, the energy transition, so the move from conventional energy to renewable uh, energy and related technologies that will make the energy sector more efficient, have led to a lot of new investments. And finally, digitization of the economy. So an increased use of um, digital media, fiber fiber investments in fiber networks, uh, better telecom coverage through telecom towers. All these things have, have fueled significant investments. And actually, we're only... We've only done a little bit so far and a lot needs to happen in the future still. So uh, there's a long road ahead and it's a very attractive sector to be working in right now. Sounds really exciting. And I think I think you've brought some really interesting points to light in terms of the types of investments you're doing. It's, you know, obviously airports and um, railroads and power lines and all that are, are super important assets, but also how important is it, is it to be investing in these areas that are going to facilitate the energy transition from fossil fuels to clean energy. I think that's such a such a powerful message to send um, someone who might be considering this as a career um, in the future. Coming on to just perhaps your own personal experience, it'd be great to hear if you looked back upon your career, what's the best career advice that somebody has given you? And, and can you offer that advice or some other great advice to our listeners today. Um, so when I was a when I was a student in one of the auditoriums, we had a guest speaker there, and the guest speaker was asked actually the same question. And I recall to this day that uh, the answer was uh, go and work in a sector that is growing, or go and work in a company that is growing, because just a tailwind of the sector and the company. Uh, and the growth is going to is going to fuel your career. It's going to allow. It's going to create opportunities. They will always need good people to be able to do something, and it's going to excel. And you don't have to swim a, a, against the tide. And I would say that that advice uh, holds very much true. Um, I feel it now because today I work in a sector that is ever seems to be ever expanding, ever growing. There's loads of opportunities, and it's really. Uh, helping a career. And equally, there are areas in the financial sector, there are teams within banks that 
are facing a lot more headwinds right now. So even though you might find these areas of expertise and these areas um, in finance very interesting, it could be that even if you're very, very successful, your career is stalling a little bit purely because there is actually no growth. They don't need anyone, any more people to be more senior at that point in time and they make you wait, etc. And therefore moving to a place where that, that, your career is naturally fueled just because the company's growing, the sector is growing, there's lots of tailwinds, is is something that will help you a lot in being having a successful career. I think that's such incredible advice. Thank you for sharing that. I think that's really great insight for people looking into especially starting their careers, you know, getting on a slipstream that's growing or accelerating is just a, a fantastic way to to learn and if, if somebody wanted to find out a little bit more about GIC, what would you recommend that they do? Um, yeah, GIC actually has a very good uh, public rec- website because, you know, they're investing for countries so the people in the country also want to learn more about what is what, what is happening. And it has a lot, a wealth of information about the fund, about the investments. There will be annual reports there. There's a lot to read um, if you want to learn more. There's a specific area on the website that is for for careers at GIC which you could look at, see where the opportunities are. Um, people might think because it's Singaporean, careers will be in Singapore, but actually GIC has many offices across the world, including myself being in London, but we have offices in in, in many geographies. Yeah, I think in New York, San Francisco, Mumbai, in China, all, all over the world, Brazil, I think, as well. No, correct. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's got... Australia recently. Oh, fantastic. How exciting. Yes. Listen, Florcha, that's just been um, such a great, great picture of of what you do and the the opportunity at GIC. I'm so grateful for your time today. And I did want to say to our listeners, if you wanted to find out more about GIC, definitely do go to their website. It is fantastic Um, and has a lot of information and on the company and the types of investments that they're doing. And if you want to find out more about GAIN and the work that GAIN does, do check out our website at gainuk.org. And um, Florcia, if I may, I just wanted to take a second to say huge, huge thanks to you today. Um, It's been wonderful to speak with you and um, wishing you all the very best. It's been a privilege, uh, Anna-Marie. Thank you. And uh, I hope... It will inspire some listeners to actually move into the investment industry and consider sovereign wealth funds as one of their choices, perhaps. I'm sure it will. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this podcast, we'd love it if you could rate and review the podcast wherever you're listening now. And if you'd like to find out more about our work and how we can help you, visit gameuk.org. We'll see you soon.